listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. to talk today about forgiveness and we're going to break down this message actually into three parts seems to be the trend lately three parts to the message we want to look at today what true forgiveness is what is true forgiveness second part is we want to discover his forgiveness which is to you and I very specific that God wants to forgive us. And the third part of the message is your forgiveness. He has forgiven you so you now can forgive and be forgiveness to other people. As I was writing this down, I thought it's very similar. Forgiveness is very similar to love. It's got a double purpose. Just like love, that we find love in Him so we can be loved to other people. It's the same as forgiveness. We find forgiveness in Him so we now can forgive other people around us. So point number one, what is true forgiveness? What is true forgiveness? I really wonder at times if we even know the biblical description of really what forgiveness is. Because many of us have questions, well, what about forgiveness? And really no right answers. And today we want to give you right answers. Why? Because Joyce Myers said it so well. She said, I have found that no other ingredient damages the heart more than the issue of unforgiveness. And we struggle here. You bet we struggle here. Because everyone has issues. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you've got issues. You have you got issues. Some of you have been longing to say that to the person beside you for months. Come on, you've got issues. We've all got issues. So we're going to discover today what forgiveness is. And the way we're going to discover what it is, is by looking at six things it is not. We're going to cross off the knots so we can see what it truly is. Come on, if you're taking notes today, number one, forgiveness is not something you have to wait for someone to ask you for. Oh, it's easier when it's that way. Come on, it makes it easier when they're ready to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. When they initiate the process, oh wow, that's so much easier, but it's not going to happen most times. So think about that. If it's not going to happen by them, it won't happen to me. So if I'm waiting for someone else, I could be waiting the rest of my life. My forgiveness, my freedom in my life is not dependent upon someone else. It's dependent upon me. It's waiting on me. The ball is in my court. What will I do with it? Why? Because we teach and preach here that forgiveness is your responsibility. It's a one-sided thing. It's between you and God. It's not really about them. They're just the test. 
It's really about you and God. You may say, well, pastor, you don't know what they've done. No, I don't. But I know what they're doing if you're not releasing them to God. Forgiveness is, God, I release that person before you. I want to be forgiven. So it's not something I have to wait for someone else to be ready to give. I can give it and I can do it right now. Point number two, forgiveness is not conditional. Oh, we know the conditions. We know the conditions of forgiveness. I'll forgive you when. I'll forgive you if you promise never to do that again. When you are in a position, then I will be in a position. Real forgiveness is unconditional. It means it has nothing attached to it. Because anytime something is attached to it, that's a trade or a negotiation, not forgiveness. I like what Jesus said on the cross. In Luke chapter 23 and verse 34, Jesus says these words. He says, Father, forgive them for they don't know. Next scripture, please. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Come on. They don't know what they do. Notice there's no ifs in this verse. That forgiveness is available to all. Jesus didn't say, forgive them if. Jesus said, forgive them, period. Because so many times we don't know what we are truly doing. And you can say, well, that's easy for Jesus to say that. He was God. It's easy for him. Yes, no wonder. He's God. He has to do those things. I want you to know something today. He forgave so you and I can forgive. His forgiveness made it possible that you and I can forgive. Number three, forgiveness is not retaliation. It's not retaliation. What is retaliation? It's seeking an opportunity to take revenge. In fact, do you really know this, that real forgiveness is when you no longer want revenge. That's how you'll know it's true forgiveness. You're not seeking to, oh, girl, show them. I'll, I'll get back with them. That's not forgiveness. That's taking revenge. That's retaliation. And perhaps the greatest example of this in the Word of God is the story of Joseph. We haven't got time, but through Genesis, begin to read the story of Joseph. Hated by his brothers. Wasn't his fault that he was favored by his dad. Hated by his brothers. Ridiculed. Tried to be destroyed and killed. Sold as a slave. Finds himself rising up to fall himself in a jail. Over and over, his life went over and over and over again. But he did not, at any point of his life, seek retaliation or revenge. Point number four, forgiveness does not minimize the offense. Please hear that today. That is so key. Because many people think if I forgive them, then they get away with it. That's not what we're saying. It doesn't minimize the seriousness of the event that's happened. Please understand me today. I'm not belittling anyone's offense or the seriousness of it. You were wronged, you were hurt, and you were abused, which was not right. Come on, it wasn't right in any way. But what you've got to understand is this, forgiveness doesn't diminish what happened, but it brings you freedom. Freedom. 
It brings you freedom. Oh, it happened. It's right. Oh, it was wrong what happened. But it doesn't diminish the fact what? What happened? Never forgiveness. But what it does is it brings freedom to your life. So you don't have to carry it into your future. It leaves it in your past. And may I add, if there are crimes that are being committed, I believe that people need to be held responsible for that and it needs to be reported. Why? Because other people don't need to be unnecessarily hurt too. Back to Joseph. Genesis 50 verse 20. Joseph said these words to his brother. But as for you, he's speaking to his brothers. He's looking them now square in the eyes. Many years later, he says, you meant evil against me. One version says you meant it for harm. Another version says you tried to kill me. But look what he says. But God meant it or God has used it for a good in order to bring about as it is this day to save many people alive. Joseph didn't stand before his brothers and say, hey, all good boys. You were just having a bad hair day. I understand that. I I know you were under a lot of stress. I can see now why you did that to me. No, he never let them off for that. He never pretended he wasn't devastated by their betrayal, let alone everything that happened to him. He said to his brothers, what? You meant it for harm. You meant it to destroy me. You meant it to kill me. But no matter what you meant, God had a different plan. And I choose not to live in your plan of destruction. I choose to live in the plan of God's. Because God has meant it for a life, to be a life, to be a light. I'm going to refuse bitterness. I'm going to refuse to hold on to that. Listen to me. Forgiveness never makes them right, but it always makes you free. Sets you free and brings freedom for your life. Number five, forgiveness does not mean you forget. You forget. It's hard to forget. In fact, it's impossible many times to forget. It's amazing, though, when you begin to think about that. Why do we forget the good things and we remember the bad things? <laughs> I know having kids, they remember the things they don't need to remember and they forget the things they do need to remember. But there's a saying out there that you've got to forgive and you've got to forget. There's no biblical verse to back that up in any way. The biblical version really should say this, you forgive and release. You don't forget. Because what happens in the human mind is this, the more we try to forget something, the more we remember it because we have to consciously try to forget it. So while we're trying to forget it, we're reminding ourselves constantly of it. So the more we try to forget, the more many times we begin to remember. However, when you forgive, you release the memory from having a grip on you. That that memory now doesn't hold you bound. Miss Mary said that. A memory of dreams tormented at night as her niece would be crying out to her, help me, help me, help me. A torment as she is now forgiven the memories that she now has of her niece. She's still dead. But the memories now she has are the good memories because that unforgiveness no longer holds a grip. And has control over our life. 
What did Joseph tell his brothers? Look again, as you meant it for evil against me, what did he say? But God meant this thing for good. It wasn't God's, hey, hey, I want to live in God's plan. I want to live there. That's what I want to see in my life. And plus God's plan is more than just for my life. But look, it's for the life of other people that others will be set free. Number six, are you with me today? Forgiveness is not automatic trust. What does that mean, Pastor? It means it's not life back as normal. So I forgive them, then now I have to just open up my heart again. Forgiveness is now life with godly wisdom. With wisdom of God. It doesn't mean you have to put yourself back in harm's way and people will point the finger and say, well, you haven't forgiven me. No, I have forgiven you. I've just got the godly wisdom now to know I don't have to be around you anymore and subject myself to that. It's like the dog illustration. Used it so many times. My neighbor's dog can bite me. I can forgive him from my side of the fence and I don't have to ever go over there again. You say, well, that's not forgiveness. Oh, it is. It's now just godly wisdom coupled with it. Because I know that if I go there, there could be trouble again. Use this example, a husband and a wife situation. A wife has been physically abused by a husband. Forgiveness doesn't mean she has to go back to that home. In fact, godly wisdom says, run for your life, sweetheart. Get the help that you need. But listen to me. I'm not saying that she can never not trust him again. I didn't say that because people can change. Last time I checked, God is in the changing business and God can change people. But just a side note there, make sure it's proven change. A lot of people just go back because someone said I've changed. Let me see some proof and evidence. Why? Because there is fruit to your repentance. That's what the Bible says. There's fruit of repentance. So if there's a change, there will be a change. It won't even have to be spoken. It will be seen and it will be seen consistently, not just for one week, because when God does it, he doesn't just do it half the way. He does it all the way. A life that's surrendered to God is a life that has complete freedom from God. So God can change people. But may I remind you today, we're not talking about trust in this message. We're talking about forgiveness. You must forgive them. And then maybe trust them later or not. But either way, forgiveness is applied. Whether you're going to trust them or not, you still have to forgive them. Forgiveness is required of you and I. You see, the difference between trust and forgiveness is this. Just quickly, trust has to be rebuilt when it's lost. Trust has to be earned back. It's a time over a time. It takes time. Trust can be destroyed in a second and can take a lifetime to regain. But notice this about forgiveness. Forgiveness is built on grace and is unconditional and forgiveness is immediate. I can forgive you right now, but trust is something we're going to have to work on in the future. And why do we forgive people like that? Why do we let go of things like that? Never because they deserve it. (laughs) You do it because of what God has given and what God has done for you. If we could just stop living our lives on giving people what they deserve and giving people what they need, our lives would be so different. I don't forgive just for them. I forgive for me. 
But I thank God in my forgiveness, God still remembers them. Because as I forgive them, I release them. And now God can begin to deal with them. Because while they're in my hands, while they're in my care, God has no control over them. Because he will not go against our will. Forgiveness surrenders my will saying, God, I trust you. Now you handle that and take care of it. Part number two, are you ready? His forgiveness. Say with me, his forgiveness. His forgiveness. No greater forgiveness in this world than the forgiveness of God. People who have been forgiven are people who forgive. Did you catch that? People who have been forgiven are people that are now able to forgive. We've got to first have his forgiveness so we can give them forgiveness. And what I see and I hear and What I encounter pretty much every day in pastoring and leading a church, being brought up in a pastor's house, being a PK, a pastor's kid, seen it for years and years and years. Here's the biggest problem there is in the body of Christ today. The biggest problem is this. Are you ready? Condemnation. 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 My definition of condemnation is this, not feeling forgiven. Have you ever not felt forgiven? I'm the only one. Okay, I'm preaching to myself today. I said, have you ever not felt forgiven by God? That's a condemnation then that comes over you because I feel that God hasn't forgiven me. So I put myself into a state of condemnation. Why? Because I question, why would Christ want to forgive someone like me? Because I live with my problems. I live with my mind. I live with my weaknesses. I live with me. And so I know me better than me. So why would God ever choose to forgive someone like me? That's condemnation. That's condemnation. Look what the Word of God says. Ephesians 2, verse 4 and 5, New Living Translation. But God is so rich in mercy and He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sin, it doesn't get any worse than that. I said it doesn't get any worse than that. We're at the lowest point in a state of death because of our sin. The sin what was upon us. But what did Christ do? He didn't turn around and say, Robert, sort your problems out and then I'll help you. But when we were at the lowest of the lowest, what did he do? He gave his life for you and I for what reason that we can have life. Come on, God gave his life when he was raised from the dead. When you were on, when he was on the cross, listen to me, you were on his mind. He loved you so much that at your lowest, worst place, what a picture of his forgiveness, that he still made it fully possible for us. He still loved us. He was still willing to forgive us. You see, condemnation is like fear. They are both things that God says, I have not given to you. God says, I'm not giving you fear. God says condemnation. How does God deal with us? He doesn't condemn us. He convicts us. There's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation is when you write someone off and you say there's no hope. Conviction is when there's a gentle nudging in your spirit where God is trying to get your attention because he's exposing the wrong in your life to bring correction and to bring healing and ultimate freedom. Romans 8 verse 1, there is therefore now what? 
no condemnation to those who are what? In Christ Jesus. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Because of salvation, because of His forgiveness, we are free from God's banishing judgment. Yet we still struggle here. So many Christians still struggle here. Oh, because I messed up, now God's just going to write me off. While you were dead in your sin, He still gave His life for you. There is therefore now no condemnation if you stay in Christ. Stay in Christ. Stay in His freedom. Stay in His liberty. Because the only way you fail is when you stay down. Pick yourself up into His forgiveness again. Accept His forgiveness and move on. Jesus uses a great parable, I believe, to show the forgiveness that he offers for our lives. Look at this parable from Matthew chapter 18. We're going to read four verses right now. And here's the verses, five verses, 23 through 27. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle his accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle his accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents of gold. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and that all that they had and the payment be made. Verse 26, then the servant therefore fell down before his master saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt, wiped it out. Took care of it right there. I know I've used this parable before when I've talked about forgiveness and we're probably going to use it again because it is awesome. Why is it so awesome? Because I believe it paints a perfect picture of the story of our lives. Let me explain. Let's do some math right now. The Bible says he owed 10,000 talents of gold. One talent of that day was equal to the average person's wage for 15 years. So to pay back one talent, that man would have to work solidly for 15 years. So he owes 10,000, not one. He owes 10,000 talents. So 10,000 times 15 years per talent would mean that he would have to work to pay off that debt 150,000 years. Not 150 years, 150,000 years. Last time I checked, we're not going to be here that long. Amen. So really, what are we seeing in this picture? We've got to understand because we can just read a figure and not understand the magnitude of it. We are reading of a debt that was humanly impossible with 150 lifetimes for him to ever satisfy and make. They tell us the debt equivalent in money today would be over $6 billion he owed. That's with a B, $6 billion today. That's a lot of money. Who would agree that's a lot of money? But what are we seeing? This is our life. That's my life. That's your life today. That's our sin debt. That's what we owe To God. It's a sin debt that we could never dream of ever paying. 
Maybe you think you're self-righteous today and you think you're a good person today and you've been a good person and you don't lie and you don't... I'm telling you right now, no matter how good you think you have been, that forgiveness or you being able to pay back is still way beyond your pay scale. And absolutely impossible. There is no way, no matter how good you think that you are, that you could ever pay it back. There's no way. Say with me, no way. Hold on, but there is a way. There's His way. I said there's His way. There is a way, the way, His way of forgiveness. What do we see? He cancelled the debts. It's done with. He had compassion and He cancelled the debts. Please note this, verse 25. Look at this again. Do I have verse 25 up there? Look what it says. He was not able to pay, so what did His master command happen to Him? He'd be sold. But notice what else? His family, his wife and his children were also affected. I'm telling you today, don't believe it if you don't want to, but I'm telling you the truth. If you are living with unforgiveness in your life, it's not just destroying you. It's destroying your husband and wife, your kids, your family, your future. It's destroying your marriage and your home. You see, the problem is not maybe the marriage. The problem is the person who's unforgiving in the marriage. It's going to affect other people. And we think, oh, no, it's never going to happen to me. Listen, God's word, as Jim said today, God said, as long as the earth remains, there's going to be seed time and there's going to be harvest. God says there's going to be things that are going to happen. And God says these things are going to take place in your life. You can try and live outside of it all you want, but you cannot avoid it. But I'm glad with the debt that was hanging heavily over me that God forgave me. And listen to me. How did he forgive me? He forgave me in my state of sin. A lot of people say this and they're not wrong for saying this. And I've said this because God saw in you the potential of who you really are. And I understand that. But yet God still had to see me for who I was right then. Come on, catch that. God didn't just accept me for what I could be. God has to still accept me for the low down person I am right now. Oh, yes, he sees the future, but he has to also accept the present. And he loves me and he forgave me from so much. Galatians 5 verse 1 NIV version says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. What does that mean? You've got to accept his forgiveness to be saved. And every day you need to keep accepting his forgiveness because the enemy wants you to be enslaved again with the thoughts of God could never love you. Who do you think you are? Daily you need to remind yourself it is for freedom that Christ has set me free. I'm free in him. I'm free in him. I've got to move on to point three, but I want you to see something. Look at this scripture, Colossians 2. Colossians 2, 13 and 14. And you. Who's he talking to? You. Me. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. And all your messed up stuff. You in your life. He says what? He says, I have made you alive together with him. Having forgiven all your trespasses, all your sins. Verse 14. 
and having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. What that means is this. There's a list. I said there's a list of everything that we've done wrong. There's a record of our wrong. And it's contrary to us, meaning what? No matter how hard we try to do right, we still do wrong. And we cannot erase that. We cannot change that. And we cannot, we're unable to pay for that. And what does the Bible says? And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. I want you to see something here because we can miss it. In this time when he was writing this passage, if there was a debt that was owed by someone, They would take a list and they would write down every debt and they would pin it like to the door of that person's house or they would put it in the public square and they would say, here's the debt that was owed. The reason they would do that is with the hope of a relative or someone that would come along and they would say, I will take care of that debt. And what they would do is they would fold that debt up. They would nail it back to the wall and then they would put their seal or their name across it that would say, I will pay that debt. So the debt now has not been seen by anyone. It's now been handled once and for all. I wonder today what the list of my sins would look like. I wonder if we were to write down today what all our sins were like. I I haven't got time today, so I kind of just jumped ahead. And here's one I made earlier. I wonder what your sins would be like. Because no matter how good we are, I wonder how many times we've lied in our lives. I wonder how many times that we cheat other people. I wonder how many wrong thoughts that we have. Oh, what about words? Have you said a wrong word? Have you cursed? Have you, have you just gossiped? What about hate? Wrong conversation, relationships, the wrong things you watch, porn, lust, disobedience, guilt, unforgiveness. The list goes on and on and on. You know what? This is the list against us. But you know what Jesus did when he went to the cross? And then what did he do? He sealed it with his blood. He sealed it with his blood. So when he looks at Jim now, he doesn't see the handwritten of the record of our wrong, but he sees the blood of his crucified son. You and I are forgiven. 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 But why did he forgive us? Because it's more than just for us. The last part of the message, he forgave us so we could give forgiveness. And be forgiveness to other people. Back to that parable, because that's not the end of the story. Matthew 18, beginning in verse 28, where we left off through verse 31. But that servant, you and I, the one that had a debt of six billion plus dollars, he went out and found another servant who owed him 100 denarii. And he laid hands on him and he took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe me. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, doesn't that sound familiar? Because that's what he was just doing a few moments ago. He begged him saying, have patience with me and I will repay it all. And he would not. But he went and threw him in prison 
until he should pay the debt. But when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were grieved and they came and told the king, the original master, all that had been done. Please don't be like so many people who come to church and hear about God's grace and forgiveness. Smile and nod and then walk away completely unchanged. Remember what you've been forgiven from. Six billion dollars. This guy owed him 100 denarii. You know how much that is in today's money? 17 bucks. 17 dollars. Six billion, 17 dollars. Six billion, 17 dollars. And that man is choking him by the throat and demanding something from him. Forgetting the debt that has been erased on him. (laughs) You may say, what's wrong with this guy? (laughs) Remember, this guy is you. This guy is me. This is our story. What's wrong with us? I said, what's wrong with us? Oh, but Pastor Philip, you don't know what you've done. I I know what you've done. Come on, I, I know the list that he took from you. I know the debt that you could not pay, but he paid it anyway for you. How can we be so unaware in our lives when we walk out of here of what really has happened to us? It doesn't make sense that he could not forgive someone for so little. But that's exactly what we do when we choose not to forgive others. I've got to close. Are you still with me? When you desire to forgive, you can start to grow. Because it releases you. You're like a dog on the chain with unforgiveness in your life. You can only go so far and then you're going to be yanked off your feet. You think you've got freedom and liberty, but you've got complete restrictions. That's not what God died to give to you. The unforgiven servant, the one that was you and I in the story that would not forgive someone else. You know, the end of the story says this. He was delivered to the torturers until he could pay it all. Remember, he'll never be able to pay it all. So many people, yourself included, are being tortured today due to their unwillingness to forgive. And it's not a case that you cannot. It's a case that you will not. Because you can. You just got to want to. People tortured in their minds. People tortured in their bodies. People trapped in the past. Reliving the pain over and over again. You see, if you and I don't practice forgiving other people, you'll never fully become who you were created to be. Ask Mary about her new life. Every day tortured by dreams, but now sees good things. And happy memories. Why? Because God allowed her to forgive that young man. She told me this just after it happened. She said, if he walked in here today, I would tell him I love him and I forgive him. Only God. Only God can do that in a heart and in a mind. Don't be misled because you may say, well, hold on a second, Pastor. If I forgive them, they'll get away with it. No, 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 no. Someone once said that, but then they'll start winning. You're seeing it from the wrong side. 
Because it's not about them start winning. Because now you've given them over to God. You've taken them out of your hands. Because the real truth in all this situation is this. You'll start winning. You're the winner every time when you forgive. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. One last scripture. For if you forgive men their trespasses, 17 bucks, your Father in heaven will also forgive you $6 billion. Verse 15. But if you do not forgive, $17. If you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will the debt that you cannot pay be forgiven by God to you. True forgiveness says this. You don't owe me anything anymore. I'll never try to collect because everything I have and everything I am is now because of the forgiveness he has given to me. You see, if you cannot forgive someone else, it's someone who's forgotten what you were forgiven from. You have forgotten what was He's nailed it to the cross. That no more, no more. You can do it. It's just something you need to do. Maybe for some of you it requires a visit. Maybe you need to visit someone. Maybe you need to call. Maybe you need to text. Maybe you need to email. Maybe a letter is needed to make it right in some way. But make it right so you can be right. And remember this. Forgiveness is not just something you do today. Forgiveness is an ongoing process. Because others are going to hurt you and harm you and wound you. But you've got to be determined every day to remember what God has forgiven you from so you can be gracious and forgiven to other people. Oh, but Pastor Philip, they're the one that needs to say wrong. Don't allow that problem to wait on someone else when it's waiting on you right now to say, God, I release that. I forgive them. And God, would you cleanse and touch my heart? The gift of Christmas. The gift of forgiveness is for every one of us. Would you stand to your feet today? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless. Master.